Hey everyone, welcome to the Quest for Life podcast. I'm Dr. Ed Slover and I'm fiercely passionate about life, love, leading and learning with a little laughter sprinkled in. In today's episode, we're going to chat about the foundational piece of any relationship, the conversation, and how you can make every relationship you have with others better. So let's get started. Take a moment and think about the person you have the most emotionally intimate relationship with. Now, this is the person who you laugh with. And and when I say you laugh with, you laugh differently with them than with everybody else. This is the person that you cry with, that you share your secrets with, that you share your deepest vulnerabilities with. Uh, You share your hopes and your dreams, your wishes for the future, your shortcomings, your inadequacies. I mean, this is the person that you trust with everything in your life. And this person never lets you down. What do those conversations sound like? Now, imagine the person you come in contact somewhat frequently with, but you wouldn't necessarily call them a friend. Maybe you live near a grocery store and you see this person at the checkout and you see them regularly enough where you recognize them, they recognize you and you know you have a sweet disposition, they have a sweet disposition. And when you go through the line, you talk pleasantries. You know, how are you? I'm well, how are you? How are the kids? How's school? What, how about this weather? And you leave the conversation better than you found it, but the breadth and depth of that conversation isn't, uh, isn't significant. It's certainly not overly broad or deep. But you left the conversation better than you found it. Now, think of, the, think of an interaction you have with a complete stranger. Like, what do you, what do you talk about with them? I mean, maybe you're out shopping and someone, you know, a sales associate asks you, you know, may I help you? And you give the standard objection. Well, no, no, thank you. I'm just looking. Or you end up buying something and you get to the checkout and the interaction is highly transactional. It should be. The, that conversation is like a, it's like a dry riverbed. I mean, there's no depth or breadth to it. You, you can't really see, you know, a clearly defined, um, a clearly defined outline for what uh, that relationship should be. So we call those um those interactions, interactions with strangers, those people that we have, uh, you know, somewhat frequent contact, but don't really know, we call those people acquaintances. And those people that we have our most intimate relationships with, we call friends, we might even call significant others. The takeaway from all of this is that the conversation is the relationship. The question you have to ask yourself is, what are we talking about? Or, how would I rate the quality of those conversations? I mean, so if you think about the various types of relationships we have, and these are these are multi-varied, and this list that I'm going to provide is certainly not um, all-inclusive, but if you're married, you certainly have a relationship with your spouse, and that relationship, chances are good, dated back years where you first started dating and getting to know one another and learn what each other valued. Um, and you had shared experiences and that grew over time to engagement later, later marriage. The question is, how are the nature of those conversations 
uh, today as compared to whenever you first started dating, when you were putting your best foot forward and courting one another? I mean, because let's face it, the first six to eight months of any romantic relationship are, are all neurochemical. I mean, it's like he's perfect or boy, she can do no wrong. And one of the things that gets missed in that first six to eight month chemical cocktail dynamic is that we really don't kind of establish the 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 rules on how we're going to communicate with other. I mean, do we do we act actively set boundaries uh, with that? How we're going to you know handle and resolve conflict. So more on that in a bit. And then maybe you have kids, and now you have different conversations as a parent to child, or if you don't have children, you have parents. And you know, what is that child to parent relationship like? And the nature of the conversation dictates the extent to which you actually, you know, you start unpacking or pulling uh, layers off conversations to move beyond the superficial. Or did you grow up in a world where you were basically told to sit down, shut up because I said so? Right. So the conversation in many ways could get stifled. Or if you're the type of parent who makes a commitment to telling your kids uh, anything and everything, provided that it's age appropriate, uh, that is a relationship enhancing sort of dynamic. Um, your relationships with your friends, um, both girlfriends or, or, or boyfriends or bros, right? Those you know, are they light? Are they fun? Are they funny? Are they superficial? Do we act or do we actually uh, get in the weeds on uh, on certain life issues that come up? We might talk politics, uh, which is always somewhat scary. Um, and then you know, let's talk about the workplace. So you have the manager employee relationship. Is the nature of that more task oriented or is it more relationship oriented where you know, the manager is actually taking that employee under his or her wing because this person has a lot of runway, a lot of potential. Um, and the manager is looking at you know, long-term growth, both personally and professionally for this person. That obviously is a different dynamic conversationally. And then your coworkers, I'm like, what, what do those conversations sound like? Is it gossip? Is it, you know, is it largely superficial? Is it complaining? Is it, you know, outwardly resisting change? Or is it collaborative collaborative and community-oriented, uh, community right? So ultimately, the conversation is the relationship. And if we truly want to understand the quality of our relationships, we have to look at the conversations that we are having. I mean, we go into every relationship, at least most of us do, wanting positive, productive, healthy, respectful, maybe even loving relationships. Um, and I mean, rarely would we ever go into a relationship where we want it to go badly. I mean, that just, it just doesn't fit. But we do know that relationships go bad because our conversations go bad. So I'd like to walk through a number of those uh, things that show up in conversations that can be uh, relationship harmers up to relationship killers. I mean, some of these are, are toxic and pervasive and just sort of nasty. Uh, one of the first ones is keeping score. Uh, this is especially true in romantic relationships where one or both parties um, 
knowingly or unknowingly keep score. And that's sort of the other side of the, the coin on keeping score is uh, unspoken expectations. So it's this weird dynamic where one or both uh, individuals have an expectation of the other person that is not uh, is not outwardly communicated. And then all of a sudden, uh, one of them does something nice for the other and it's not reciprocated or it's not acknowledged. And then you have another uh, situation where something nice is done, maybe a compliment's been paid or uh, one person goes above and beyond and it's not acknowledged by the other person or um, it's not reciprocated. And then all of a sudden, over time, you have this buildup of stress and pressure in the relationship, and invariably, it's going to explode. And the reality is, it's entirely unfair in any relationship to not verbally communicate expectations. Um, and you also, you also have to acknowledge that even if you do verbally communicate those expectations, they may not necessarily be, be met. And, you know, then those situations devolve into one or both people engaging in pouting. Um, it may, you know, engage in passive aggressive behavior. Um, it certainly can turn abusive uh, in, in, you know, extreme cases. Um, they, we commiserate with our friends as to why, you know, this person you know, isn't meeting my needs or isn't uh, following through on these things. And it's their obligation to do that and et cetera, et cetera. Um, men, particularly, we, we get really good at something called gunny sacking. So if you imagine you're holding uh, a backpack and you unzip the backpack, well, we tend to be really, really good. Uh, whenever we engage in conflict with uh, with someone that we just kind of hold on to what gets said in those conversations and we we put it in the backpack and then we carry it around for 90 to 120 days because that's seemingly in any functional relationship seemingly when uh, most people argue and then during that uh, argument 90 to 120 days later we basically open up the bag and then dump all of the past uh, out in front of the person and it's entirely unfair um, because the other person may have thought the, the, the conflict was resolved and yet it wasn't, it was suppressed. And, you know, the, the person basically is, is avoiding actually putting things to bed and achieving hard closure on it. And rather I'm just going to hold on to this stuff and, and let it come out. Um, you know, and it's, and, and then, then it's like, what are we talking about? I mean, if we have an issue in front of us and we think this is the issue that needs to be dealt with, let's deal with this issue. But all of a sudden, all this ground clutter gets thrown out and it's just like really hard to focus. What, what are we talking about? And then, you know, things can get, you know, somewhat worse where we defer to giving ultimatums and heaven forbid there is anyone else that enters the situation. I mean, you might have a good friend, your best friend, and they start hanging out with someone else. And now all of a sudden you're getting jealous. Or if you're in a relationship and you or your significant other is getting attention from someone else, that gets weird really, really quick. And then the conversation is about uh, jealousy or envy and turns possessive. And the reality is you're in a partnership. You're, this isn't possession. And then resentment builds and you have 
all of this toxic stuff that you're having to work through. And that's what our conversations sound like. The conversation is the relationship. So now we have a, a highly dysfunctional relationship. And it's like, what are we talking about? And it, the farther we go down that road, the harder and harder it is to get back. Uh, another example. Let me take someone, take a married couple that has kids that over the course of 18, 20, 22 years, their lives have been consumed by uh, their children's lives. And whenever they're talking, what they're primarily talking about is their kids. And there's certainly shared experiences in that. But um, beyond that, maybe they're talking about work or they're you know, lamenting their work days over the course of you know, 20 years, and they fail to get back to reconnect with each other, you know, talking about love and and their family and the respect and their values and their convictions. I mean, those things that that brought them together in the first place. And then all of a sudden, you know, their kids move out and they get divorced. And then you ask, like, well, at the beginning, what were you talking about? And then at the end, what were you talking about? And what, what, at least predominantly, what were you talking about? And all of a sudden you realize that these people have grown apart. I mean, it's just a really, really sad state of affairs. So what's the solution? Change the conversation to change the relationship, right? So first, start by communicating and stating expectations say those things out loud take nothing for granted put them out there assess understanding you're not looking for agreement you're assessing understanding as to your expectations and you have to figure out if any of those expectations are met is that deal breaking stuff if it is then you can have that conversation if not, what that allows you to do is not have any unstated expectations and you're holding someone accountable to something that they don't know. I mean, the, the, these unspoken expectations, you have to you have to think that I, I can't hear what you don't say out loud. And it's not fair for you or anyone else to hold me accountable for something that you don't state out loud. If I end up agreeing to meeting a particular expectation of yours and I fail to do that, that's different. You can absolutely hold me accountable to that because I told you that I would follow through and meet that expectation. If you don't say the expectation out loud, how do I know what the expectation is? Right? And by doing so, that helps establish boundaries, boundaries in the relationship. It also helps align values. At least, you know, that's what I know what you value. I know that you value that. I'm going to state certain expectations so you know what I value. And then we can see if we have a values match or a values mismatch, and then we can go forward. And then whenever we're in conversation, we actively listen to one another, especially during conflict. This is really, really difficult to do. Uh, because we end up we end up thinking about our response long before the other person has finished saying what they're saying. I'm guilty of this too. And we don't take a position of empathy. We don't put ourselves in the other person's shoes well. So, I mean, some of us do it better than others, but most of us don't do it that well. 
And if we actually just sort of adopted this, this idea to say, hey, you know what, we can agree to disagree. And if we can agree to disagree going into this, maybe we can talk about the merit of the issue rather than it becoming this this weird back and forth of, well, what about you? No, no, no. Well, what about you? Um, and have it devolve into something that's incredibly hurtful. I mean, if you think about the anatomy of any breakup, uh, most relationships don't end because of one-time deal breakers. They just don't. And not by percentage anyway. I mean, most marriages by percentage don't end because of unfaithfulness or domestic violence, not by percentage. Most employer-employee relationships don't end because of stealing or sexual harassment. Most don't. Most bleed out over a million paper cuts. Most bleed out because the conversation devolved to, some, to a place where it just became incredibly hurtful. You have all of these little nicks and cuts, and they scar over time. They create scar tissue over time. And the, that scar tissue builds and builds, and it hardens our hearts. And the nature of the conversation fun, fundamentally changes. And I'm, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, it's sort of funny because we never intend to get involved in a relationship with someone hoping that it's going to end badly. I mean, people don't get married to get divorced. They just don't. Um, I mean, that would be weird. It, I mean, it's certainly not rational. Uh, so another thing. Shared experiences and Unique experiences is another consideration here that helps change the conversation to change the relationship. Whenever we're in a relationship with someone, we obviously want to have shared experiences. I mean, minimally, it gives us something to talk about. Um, and we go through ebbs and flows uh, you know, with what we end up talking about. As long as we can have some shared experiences, we can stay connected. So, for example... Um, my wife and I are actually selling a house and purchasing a new house. And if anyone's ever gone through that process, you know, it's a pretty significant undertaking. There's a lot of moving parts. You've got the financial side of it. You've got the actual physical moving side of it, the scheduling logistics, closing dates. I mean, all sorts of moving parts. And so our conversation right now is largely dominated by moving by purchasing this new house, by getting this house ready to, uh, to sell. And uh, the reality is, as long as we stay grounded in those fundamental things that, that hold us together, we can actually have that conversation be about the house because that's a shared experience. However much noise and pain and stress and anxiety, and it, that's all baked into that cake. It's all baked into the shared experience. And it's shared because you know, your significant other, in this case, my wife, is, is going through her version of that, and I'm going through my version of that, and we can actually have this exchange as long as we stay grounded in what really keeps us together, and it's, it's values, it's conviction. The other is unique experiences, and sometime in, especially in romantic relationships, this can get weird on people. And... We need to let other people be who they are. If we accept ourselves, we can be accepting of others. If we want to have our own uniquely individual experiences, we need to welcome that in other people. The beauty of that is that when 
someone else, a friend, a significant other, a child has a uniquely individual experience, they share that with us. Even though we can't necessarily relate to what it is that they experience, they share that with us. Maybe my daughter plays basketball and how she's feeling during a game, even sitting in the stands, I'm clearly not feeling what she's feeling. And when she shares that with me, it allows me to relate to her experience. And I can talk about how I feel in the stands watching and not feeling as though I have any control over the outcome of this particular situation. And it allows her to better relate to my experience because the reality is too, the root of the word relationship is relate. And the better we can relate to other people, the better uh, chance we have to enhance the conversations. So, a practical solution for improving every single next conversation. Some of you might not feel as though this is overly practical from experience. When we can actually do this, this is game changing. So to improve every next conversation, make the person or people in front of you or on the phone the most important person in the world. Let me say that again. The person in front of you, make them the most important person in the world. And when that conversation is over, do the same thing with the same next person and so on and so on. Minimally, you're going to build a huge amount of goodwill with that person and the next one and the next one after that. There's no doubt the connection that you make with those people will be deepened and enriched. I mean, consider when we when our conversations go bad with people, what what causes the pain? Like what is root cause? And when you sift through all of the ground clutter and you get at what is it about this particular conversation that's making, it's causing me pain. It's disconnection. It's disconnection. Ultimately, human beings, what we want is connection. Well, how do we do that? We make the person in front of us, in front of us, the most important person in the world in that moment. I mean, our success in life largely boils down to the quality of the relationships we have with other people. The question you have to ask is, what do I want? Do I want to have dysfunctional relationships that, you know, devolve into disagreement and argument constantly? Or do I want to have, I want to have conversations with people that are positive and productive and healthy and respectful? You get to pick. There is one other thing I, I want to touch on about relationships, and that's this notion of voluntary versus involuntary relationships. The best example of an involuntary relationship is when you're born. You don't pick your parents. You don't pick your siblings. You don't pick the family that you're born into. So that relationship is, by definition, involuntary. And over the course of 18, 20, 22 years or so, that relationship shifts um, more towards a voluntary relationship, but the last thing that keeps the relationship involuntary is uh, is largely finances. 
And once we finally break free, whatever timing, however that timing works, once we finally break free and we're financially independent, it really is the first time in our lives where every relationship, maybe with the exception of our employer, every relationship is voluntary. I mean, even with the employer, you can leave at any time. So it's technically voluntary. And as with anything we volunteer for, we get to choose. We get to determine the quality of the relationships. We get to determine whether or not we're going to hang in that relationship for any length of time, or if we're going to decide to cut ties and move beyond it. And when the relationships are voluntary, we get to examine the quality of the conversations. We're not beholden to anyone else. There's nothing, there's nothing technically tying us to anyone else. And assessing those conversations, we're like, oh my gosh, if I want to have this relationship with someone, I can improve every single, uh, every single conversation. I'm going to improve the, the relationship in times, however many people you apply that to. And it's really a powerful idea. Um, I mean, if for no other reason, if you're married and you are choosing to stay in that relationship and your spouse is choosing to stay in that relationship, that's an incredible compliment because that's a choice every day. I mean, love becomes a verb. Same with your friendships. If you're in a, you're in a, you know, a, a long-term friendship, that person's paying you a tremendous compliment by wanting you to be part of their lives and vice versa. I mean, it, it's a tremendous compliment. So here's your go-do. Your go-do is to make the person, the next person, the most important person in the world in that moment. Now take it one step further and say, make the person you'd like to have better conversations with be the next person you make the most important person in the world. It will absolutely be game changing for you. It'll be game changing for them. Um, it, it will absolutely enhance your life in so many immeasurable ways. Godspeed, fellow questers. Be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and consider writing a review. And tell your friends about it. Let's get the word out. You can get in touch with the show at thequestforlife.com. I'd love to hear from you. And as always, thank you for joining the conversation.